So today is the uh, 15th lunar day, the full moon. For the monastics here who have entered the range retreat, committed to uh, staying in one monastery for the three months of the range retreat. Then this range retreat, this pansa, is uh, two months over already. So we can see that time goes by quickly. We enter the pansa, the range retreat, and that day of entering the range retreat was uh, two months ago now. So we can see that whether it's two months or one year, uh, this life of ours has gone by that much. We have aged that much. And we can see that to whatever degree we've aged, um, whatever amount of time we've aged, then the amount of time left we have in this life has decreased that same amount. So as a, as a child, one may feel that one uh, grows up quickly and one wants to grow up quickly. One wants to become strong and have uh, wisdom and knowledge arise. And then one grows up and becomes full grown. And uh, after this point, then the body degrades and we uh, find work, find a livelihood and so on. Life goes on. And as we age, our time left in the world decreases. And some individuals have no interest in developing their minds. They're born and then they study in order to make a livelihood in the world. But their suffering uh, ever increases and just continues on and on, unabated. And so individuals need effort to get the four requisites. And without getting the four requisites of uh, food, shelter, clothing, and medicine, then this is a very uh, intense type of suffering to not have enough of these four requisites. However, having the four requisites already, then clinging and attachment don't end. They still have clinging and attachment. There's one individual who worked in the government, and he contemplated that there's no fullness in the world. The world knows no contentedness. And he saw that th this world is just an element of craving. Working in the government particularly, he saw that uh, the world is an element of craving. There's no point of fullness, no point of enoughness. And he was a very wealthy individual, the child of a, of a rich uh, family. And he, yet he still saw that it's never enough, that individuals always want more. We can see in India, for example, it can be a country of extremes, that the wealthy are very wealthy, the poor are very poor. And some individuals have a lot of intense craving. And there's also a strong spiritual lineage as well. So in the suttas uh, that take place in India, we may read about some very wealthy individuals and get a sense for how extravagant or extreme their wealth could be. And so just like or we can relate to this monk who was experiencing a high level of wealth, and yet he saw that there's no fullness, there's no enoughness. The world is just an element of craving. So we use the four requisites. We need the four requisites. But the mind with greed, aversion, and delusion knows no fullness or enoughness. Wanting just increases ever, ever more. We see the truth that the world is an element of craving. And we try to uh, gain the four requisites according to our strength, according to our means. And we can see that the untrained mind going on through samsara, life after life, uh, the mind has craving in many, many lifetimes. And the mind just uh, seeks to gain as much as the four requisites as it can according to the strength of the kilesas, of the obstructions. And over the course of these many lives and seeking out the four requisites in this way, one never reaches a day where it's enough, where one's full. Uh, there's no time where one feels that it's enough. 
There's a story where Nobucha asked a lay disciple, how much money do you make? And the lay disciple answered a certain amount. Nobucha asked, is this enough? And the layman answered, uh, yes, that's enough. And Lumpucha said, oh, it's very difficult to find someone who says they have enough, who answers that it's enough. Because most people just say it's never enough, it's never enough. And this is craving, uh, constantly increasing, tanha. And a day where it's enough just never comes. Because it's the nature of craving to never say it's full, to never say it's enough. This uh, tanha can also translate as thirst. And the kilesas, the obstructions, it's uh, their characteristic to increase uh, constantly. And it's, it's never enough. So one needs mindfulness and wisdom to understand this. Just like the, the government worker, the very son of a very wealthy family who ordained as a monk, because he saw that the world is never full, never reaches enough. The world is an element of craving. And so he went to ordain. He practiced Dhamma and he realized uh, full enlightenment, arahantship. And this, we can say, is the realization of enoughness, of fullness in all things. And he saw that this world has no, no one in charge. And why is this? It's because old age, sickness, and death are in charge. So one can't control the world because old age, sickness, and death are in control. And the world is just an element of craving. And in the end, one must simply discard all the things of this world. So we see that there's no fullness. There's this craving. And no matter how much one gains in the end, one must leave it all behind. One may have great grand uh, palaces or buildings or homes, a lot of wealth, a lot of praise, a lot of material objects. And in the end, one leaves it all behind, one discards it all. Because none of these things, the wealth, the praise, the gain, the pleasure, uh, the fame, uh, none of it can last. We see in the end the body dies. So this two months of the rains retreat have passed. Two months of our life have passed by. And this is uh, their characteristic, that of impermanence. So we should contemplate this, see this nature of instability, this impermanence. It's the nature of these lives of ours. So we're born into the world and we study worldly subjects to get a livelihood. And then we may get a family and uh, children and so on. And we do this until we die. And this is one life gone already. So we're born according to the strength of our karma. And then whether in the Buddhist time in India in the past or nowadays, it's the same way. One studies various subjects to make a livelihood and make their way in the world. And then, and some individuals believe that at death, then one becomes nothing or empty, believes that they're born into whatever situation, whether a situation of wealth or impoverishment or um, good fortune or bad fortune of various kinds. And that being born into that, that's just the way it is. It's just, uh, you could say, causeless. And then at death, one goes to nothingness. However, the, the Lord Buddha saw that this death and this birth, he knew them as they were and saw that they happened according to karma, according to the law of volition, the law of karma. The Buddha saw clearly, knows clearly this law of karma and saw that beings are born and die. Beings are born and die over many lifetimes. And uh, he saw this clearly. The Buddha knew this and then taught this, taught this to people uh, who would listen. And beings with 
little mindfulness and little wisdom uh, didn't believe this teaching, and therefore they weren't motivated to practice. They thought that at death, one simply is annihilated, and therefore they didn't bother to practice the teachings of the Buddha. However, the individuals with faith saw that uh, death is simply another instance of passing away before arising again, that these lives arise, stay for a little while, and pass away. According to one's karma, one is born and dies in this cycle of samsara according to karma. And therefore, uh, seeing this, one tries to do goodness, tries to do merit, which is, uh, you could call good karma. So today is a lunar observance day, and one may follow the uposita sila, the uh, eight precepts, where one may do the five precepts if one has uh, less strength of heart. And following the five precepts, one is still capable of succeeding in bringing the mind to a higher level, to that of an Arya, a noble being. And when we have faith to do generosity, to do acts of giving, then we can say that this generosity, this dana, it's taking the things that we have and changing or exchanging them for a noble wealth in our hearts. And this noble wealth lives in our hearts and comes with happiness as well. So this world uh, has craving constantly uh, with it all the time. And this world is hot because of this lack of virtue. So we can see that a world without virtue, the sense of self uh, ever increases. And the heat, the agitation, the heat of the world ever increases as well. And this leads the world to not be balanced. And the world not balanced is has a nature. The natural world is not in balance. And when nature is not in balance, the nature uh, turns back and starts destroying the things of this world, starts destroying the world as well because of the imbalance in nature. So human beings, if they have more virtue, more sila, then they have more giving and relinquishment, then we all have coolness, we all have happiness. Without virtue and without giving, then we get chaos and heat. We can see this in uh, any country and in Thailand as well. The places with uh, virtue and giving are cool and at ease. And the places without virtue, without giving, are chaotic and hot. So in the beginning, we don't have to start with the whole world. We can start with just our family, just where we live. We practice virtue uh, together with our family. And this brings coolness and peacefulness to our household, not following the defilements, the kilesas. We have the defilements, but we practice not to follow them. And we see if, uh, if we follow the defilements and craving, then the mind uh, isn't peaceful. However, if we, if we don't follow them, we practice virtue, sila, then we gain happiness and peace. Because the sila is a bringer of happiness. Virtue brings happiness. And virtue is a great and noble wealth. People seek many types of wealth, material wealth in this world. However, these types of material worldly wealth uh, can vanish at any point. And also this act of seeking wealth, if one seeks uh, excessively, then this can give rise to problems in one's family. One may not have enough time or energy to care for one's spouse or children or other members of the family due to working too much and seeking this worldly wealth. We seek this worldly wealth thinking it will bring us happiness. But in the end, we have no happiness in our household, in our family. One's spouse may uh, desire more attention and energy from the partner who works. And the one who works may want more time and energy from the other spouse as well. And this can lead to conflict. 
And this can even lead to, in the end, this couple can't live together anymore. And this is something that happens a lot in society. Or if this um, particular situation doesn't happen, then one may just get a lot of stress. And we uh, see this in the news a lot. So we, we're trying to to do something good, to get something good. We're trying to succeed. But in the end, we don't develop our hearts and therefore, what we get is just more and more suffering, uh, suffering without end. So this development of the world is something that's not stable. So developing the heart is something of greater importance, of paramount importance. So today, a group has come from Ubon Ratchatani in the northeast of Thailand. And this group has come all the way down to Rayong province, to Wat Mapchan, to pay respects to the Triple Gem, to uphold the precepts, to listen to Dhamma. So we can say these are individuals with faith and their great teacher, Kubajan, has uh, brought them here. In the beginning, 400 people planned to come in 10 different vehicles. However, another branch of Lumpu Chao's monastery, Wat Nong Papong, heard of this. And so this other group of individuals also wanted to come to Wat Mapchen here. So what started out as 400 became a thousand individuals who have come. And these are all people with faith. Faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, and individuals who wish to develop their hearts. So we know in the Northeast, in Ubon Ratchatani, we have uh, great teachers there, such as Lungpu Cha. And we can see that Lungpu Cha was one who gave Dhamma, gave Dhamma teachings to his disciples. And based on these Dhamma teachings, his disciples gained, gained a very firm faith in their heart and a great warmth in their heart as well. For myself, I, earned, I ordained in Ubon Ratchatani. And when I returned to Ubon, I feel a great warmth in my heart as well. I feel like I'm returning uh, home uh, to see my father. And many individuals uh, may feel this way, like they're going home uh, where their father lives. And we can see that this ordaining as a monastic, we can say it's like a rebirth. It's like being born again. One's family, one leaves behind. One friends, one leaves behind. All of one's possessions and worldly concerns, one leaves behind. One discards all of this and separates from all of this. And one gets a different view of life after ordaining. One, one's friends who no longer, who don't follow the five precepts, one no longer associates with them. It's just like following the eight precepts. This is something as lay people you may do together, following the eight precepts together. You relinquish the listening to music. Uh, you don't have dinner. And this is the virtue arising uh, based on the eight precepts. So similarly for monks, for new monks, it's a new uh, virtue that the monk is upholding. And so the monk takes on their teacher, their preceptor as a support, as like a parent a mother or a father. And one, and so in this way, uh, Lung Pu Cha gives a great warmth to one's heart. And one, you can say one's heart clings to Lung Pu Cha. And Lung Pu Cha gave the four requisites and he gave the Dhamma as well. And this giving of Dhamma is the more important of the two. Because sometimes these four requisites, maybe there weren't enough of some of the requisites of food, shelter, clothing, or medicine. And sometimes, uh, yeah, one didn't have one of these requisites or enough of one of these requisites. However, the Dhamma is something that Lung Pu Cha gave fully and completely and gave in its entirety. And so having the Dhamma in its completeness 
this, then one can miss out on some of the four requisites. And we had Lung Pu Cha caring for our hearts as well. And we see that, as with all things of the world, Lung Pu Cha followed the characteristics of impermanence, stress, and not-self. So now Lung Pu Cha has passed away. So we study and practice the Dhamma, and we contemplate this. We see that truly uh, Lung Pu Cha is in our hearts, just like in reality the Buddha is also in our hearts. If we practice Dhamma and we see the Dhamma, we see the Buddha here in our own hearts. Therefore, to say that Lung Pu Cha is gone, this is speaking in terms of convention. In terms of our feeling, we may feel that he has not gone anywhere. He's right here in our hearts because the Dhamma that he gave, we practice it. And we feel that he hasn't gone anywhere. We practice the Dhamma as we've been taught by our teacher, Lumpu Cha. We feel warm inside. So we've been born into this world and we've met with the teachings of the Buddha, with the Dhamma. And we can think at the time of the Buddha, we may have been born at that time, or we may not have been born at that time. We just don't know. What we do know is that we're born now and we're able to meet and receive the teachings of the Buddha. So therefore, we try to practice this Dhamma. Whatever worldly work there is to do, we have effort in this, and we do this uh, to the best of our ability. But we also know enoughness. We know what is enough. We also take care of our health and take care of our family. Because if we do too much, this leads to stress. And this is a problem that can become very prominent, or a lot of people have this problem. So no balance, no enough. If one doesn't know balance and enoughness, then this leads to the drawbacks of uh, overwork. So one gains this material worldly wealth, but more than this, one seeks the Dhamma, because this Dhamma is uh, the best in the world. So for you and your group, you've come to seek the Dhamma. You've come to practice the Dhamma. So you can see for yourself what is your heart like right now. As a child, one has the suffering of a child. One grows up and has the suffering of an adolescent growing up. One goes to work and has the suffering of one of an adult who goes to work. An employee suffers as an employee and thinks that one will be happy if one is the boss. However, one becomes the boss and one has the suffering of a boss. So one sees that this suffering just doesn't end. And this suffering follows our hearts ongoingly. And we feel that the things of this world are never enough. And this is due to craving. This craving that's uh, followed our hearts through so many lifetimes. So we've had the good fortune to meet the teachings of the Buddha. We study, we cultivate our minds, we practice meditation. And this is something that we do as Buddhists. And what's important in our daily life is to chant every day, whether abbreviated or a complete version of the chanting. We sit in meditation. Every day we seek out material wealth and we still suffer. So why not seek out our own minds? Have mindfulness and wisdom to know sense impressions. Know all the sense impressions and objects as they arise, whether the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, or the mind. And without mindfulness and wisdom, the sense of self will constantly arise based on these sense objects. And based on this, the suffering, stress will arise with no end. So we can think that, um, that in truth, this happiness that we seek is really the cause of suffering. And this is the nature of worldly happiness, that we seek it out and we think it'll bring us real happiness, but it really causes suffering. And so the happiness with no drawback is the happiness of Nibbana. So train your mind to know enoughness and to cultivate the mind such that emptiness arises at least sometimes. 
train your mind and your body can become light and then you know why you were born into this life. If you're asked why you were born uh, and you can't answer, then it's as if a, a demon eats you right there on the spot because you don't know why you were born. So really the reason we were born is to develop our minds to become higher and better. This is the correct answer. So we're born and we meet with the Buddhist dispensation, the Buddhist teaching. So we study and practice this teaching. Today is the Lunar Observance Day. So may you have effort to bring about true happiness. May you bring about uh, balance and peace in your hearts. May you practice this path of virtue, collectedness and wisdom to make the mind pure, to gradually decrease greed, aversion, and delusion, to bring the mind to true and genuine happiness. So may you all be well and happy. May you grow in Dhamma.